Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. On this episode of the Front Office Podcast, Sean and I will do part two of our 2020 2021 NBA predictions. This will be the Eastern Conference. Hope y'all enjoy. And we are back with part two of our 2021-2020-2021 season prediction. Um, back with Sean. We're going to handle the Eastern Conference. Sean, what's going on, bro? Oh, nothing. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this one. Uh, the West was obviously fun, but, man, this East Coast, East Coast, Eastern Conference thing can just go in so many different directions. So looking forward to digging in. Let's get to it. How we did on, on part one of this, we did our top four um, teams that we um, feel are going to be the top four seeds of the NBA playoffs. So I'll let you have the honors again. Your top four teams for the 2020-2021 season. All right, get ready for madness. Uh-oh. Number one, Milwaukee Bucks. Mm. Just fine. Yep. N- number two, Philadelphia 76ers. Whoa. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Can't wait. Keep going. (laughs) Number three, Boston Celtics. Ooh. Number four, Brooklyn Nets. Awesome. I have the same four, just in a different order. All right. Show me what you got. I got Milwaukee first. I got Brooklyn second. I got Philly third. And I got Boston fourth. The reason why I said whoa when you said Philly second, because we're kind of on the same page. Philly's going to shock somebody this year. Oh, yeah. And we're all going to look back at what they did this offseason and be like, why were we surprised? Right. Uh, Daryl Morey is really good at his job. So that team, oh, boy. Okay. Uh, and then you got five through ten since they're going to be a playing game from seven to ten. Who you got five through ten? So it gets real interesting here. All right. I'd say the Heat are number five. Lock it in. Toronto, number six. Lock it in. Atlanta, I think, takes number seven. And then my eight, nine, and ten are basically neck and neck. Mm-hmm. Right now, my eight is Washington Wizards. Mm. My number nine is the Indian Indiana Pacers. And my, nan, my number ten is the Chicago Bulls. But Charlotte is right there, and Orlando is maybe a step back behind them. Dude, you've been in my notes. <laughs> so my five is Miami as well. Okay. My six, the Atlanta Hawks. Ooh. I think what they did this offseason is huge. Here's another ooh. My seven, Washington Wizards. Really? Yes. I think that they're going to – I think Russell Westbrook's going for MVP. I don't think he's going to win it. I think he's going to get an MVP vote or two. Um, after Washington eight, nine, and ten, I have Indiana, Toronto, and Chicago. I'll start with Toronto first. The reason why I have Toronto so low is because they're going to be playing in Tampa this year. 
Now, I know a lot of Canadians go fly south for the winter and they're going to probably get some and they go to Tampa (laughs) and they're probably going to get some fan support there. But it's going to be I mean, I know fans aren't going to be allowed into the arena, but it's going to be guys want to sleep in their own beds. They want to sleep in their own homes. They want to go to their own, you know, um, places that they're they're comfortable with when you're going to no one. I heard Paul Pierce say this the other day and I'm going to copy it. No one goes to Florida to go to Tampa. They go to Florida, go to Miami, Destin, Orlando, one of those three. But they don't go to Tampa too much. And that's why that's going to hinder Toronto, I think. Now, Kyle Lowry, Pascal, they might take this as a true business trip and say, hey, you know what? We're in this bubble for four months, five months now. And and this may translate into us just we're winners, so we know how to win. This may translate into some wins. That's why I have Toronto falling so far. But going back to the top of your list, we both can agree Milwaukee's going to churn out another 60 win season, even though it's 72 wins, 72 games this year. Um, They're going to shock us with the record, but they're going to disappoint us again, as they always do. Go ahead. I think that's not a championship team. Not at all. Uh, And I hurt to say it. Because like I still got some friends in Milwaukee, I got mm-hmm. a lot of enemies in Milwaukee. But, uh, <laughs> uh, it's, it's Who Latrell Sprewell? Yeah, he's been following me around with uh, Ray Allen. Yeah, definitely, and Big Dog. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But, uh, I mean, it's it's a regular season team, right? I right. think Giannis is special. I think Chris Middleton is just fine. I think they gave him too much money, but that's another podcast. Definitely. I think they paid so much for Drew Holiday. But too much. He's going to produce. He's a producer. But that team, on the margins, does not have what it takes, I think, to survive in the playoffs. When the rotations get smaller and the basketball gets more physical. And we've seen that in the last two years. And until they can prove to me that they can win the East... I'm going to say that they're going to win the East uh, regular season, but I wouldn't put money on that team making it to the finals. You know, I think chance. I think the mishap with Bogdanovich and I think giving up all those picks for Drew Holiday, if Milwaukee doesn't get at least to the finals this year, I, can, I don't know if Giannis is going to sign by next week or not, but if he doesn't and they don't produce, he's gone. Drew's going to be gone. And they have all those picks that went to New Orleans in the Drew Holiday trade that are going to be gone. So if this does, if this blows up in Milwaukee's face, Milwaukee's going to go back to where they used to. Well, they've always been kind of good, you know. Even in the Terry Cummings days, they've always been kind of good. But I think that this is a huge gamble, and I hope it pays off. But I'm not sure if it will. I, I'm I'm not sure either. I think. The problem with Milwaukee, right, and there's a lot of problems, is when it comes playoff time, Coach Bud refuses to shorten his rotation, mm-hmm. and that offense becomes stagnant when everybody builds an effing wall, as SVG would say, <laughs> ar- around Giannis. Yes. And who are we counting to make these shots on in the playoffs? Probably Holiday. Okay, I think he'll do just a fine job, but... We forget that George Hill was basically one of the best three-point shooters in the league last year, and mm-hmm. it did nothing for him. Nothing. I like DJ Augustine a lot, but he's old. He's he's short. He's shorter than what they had, or at least not as built as Eric Bledsoe. Eric Bledsoe can attack. DJ Augustine cannot attack. Right. I think uh, White Dante, mm-hmm. still, a, still a lottery ticket. Yes. Pat Connington, they had no right to pay that guy as much money as they did. <laughs> Uh, 
Thanasis Antetokounmpo, very nice young man, can't really play basketball. Right. He's only there. DJ, he's only there because his brother's there. DJ Wilson, the most exciting he's done, thing he's done this offseason is get cooked by Pat Williams in in workouts. Right. And I mean, and Bobby Portis doesn't play a lick of D. So so what are we doing? Like it's it's a decent team as constructed, but. Once the Bo- once the Bogdanovich thing blew up in their face, I honestly think so did their championship window. And I hope they prove me wrong because uh, I-, I really like their GM as a person and I think he's made some savvy moves. I-, I like some of those dudes in the front office and I wish them a lot better than seeing Giannis walk away, which I still think is a maybe, but you're telling me that team gets punched in the face by by. Kevin Durant, if he's healthy and they know how to rebound from it, I, I don't see it. I just don't. Right. Speaking of Kevin Durant, I have the I have the Brooklyn Nets as the number two seed. You have them a little bit lower. So between Brooklyn, Philly, and Boston, you you you're just telling me that you think Philly is the better team out of those three. Uh, on on paper right now, yes. Okay. Okay. I think I think there's a, a realistic chance that Brooklyn is the better team by the end of the year. In fact, I'd probably put a wager on it. But I think that team is going to have to figure itself out for the first 20 games or so of the season. I think James Harden is going to end up there. And if he does, that my list changes. And I have Brooklyn winning it all. Until then, I still have them going to the uh, finals. The Eastern Conference or the NBA Finals? The NBA Finals. Okay. I got a Brooklyn Lakers Finals. God, that would be a goodie. That, oh, Adam Silver would love that, wouldn't he? Oh, everyone would love that. That's a true East Coast-West Coast game right there. You know, I mean, Lakers-Miami, well, yes, East Coast-West Coast, but COVID, it really didn't count. Warriors-Cleveland, that wasn't true East Coast-West Coast. This would be a true East New York versus California? What? <laughs> oh, yeah, everybody would be watching that. Don't be surprised, though, if if Doc Rivers does something in Philly. And 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 gets that seventy sixers team to to uh, uh, Eastern Conference Finals. I think Joel Embiid is is out to try to win an MVP this year. I think Ben Simmons is out to try to get a jumper this year. And I think the rest of those guys are, are okay with being great role players that are going to help their two young superstars be effective. I'm the thing about Philly though is if they're not working, Maury's going to do something. Definitely and. Maybe they're a factor for James Harden. I don't know. But this is a team that can write it out on paper right now. And like I said, I think they're the number two team in the East. Or contingency plan, just pull the lever and reload midseason. Yep, definitely. Uh, But, I mean, what if we said this entire time? The team wasn't well constructed. They were too big. There's not enough spacing. They haven't decided whether Ben Simmons is going to be a point guard or not. Well, everything they, every move they made this offseason was fixing those problems. Mm-hmm. Ben, uh, ben Simmons is their point guard this year, which is great because Shake, Shake Milton is a combo guard. Yep. He tried his best in the playoffs, but it was a poor situation for him. He made the most of him, but I like him a lot more off the bench than I do starting. Seth Curry is exactly the kind of player they need. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is going to be a dream come true for him. Oh, yeah, it is. For, Firk and Cormaz and Isaiah Joe and Danny Green are going to provide the spacing that that team has begged for for year for years and years. Th- those guys, I think Danny Green will be just fine again, yep. and if not, expiring contract. 
I think Cormaz is underrated. I think Isaiah Joe is one of those guys you and I talked about mm-hmm. that has an immediate skill that's going to translate. That dude was an absolute assassin oh, yeah. his freshman year. And then they moved the three-point line, and then he increased his three-point attempts. And that's the only reason his uh, three-point percentage fell a little bit. Right. But that dude didn't miss. That dude's going to be just fine. Don't sleep but on Max. Got- Tyrese Maxey. Don't sleep on Maxi. Don't sleep on Matisse Bible just oh. being a defensive power powerhouse. Right. right. And don't finally don't sleep on Paul Reed right. out of DePaul. Yes. Being a wonderful backup four slash five. Yes. Yes. That team's that team's weakness right now, I think, is only at the power forward power forward position because I don't love uh, the depth that Tony Bradley and Mike Scott uh, provide. But if you're telling me that that's their biggest weakness right now. Look, I'll take it. Definitely, I, I think this team could really lock in immediately and just start just start making people look like fools. You know, I think uh, Tobias is is going to go back to his natural positions now that Horford is gone. Um, I think Seth Curry is going to be what JJ Redick was in Philly and what JJ Redick was for Doc in LA. I think Seth Curry is going to spread that floor. I think I don't know working for 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 your father-in-law might be a little difficult, but <laughs> but who knows? <laughs> who knows? Um, Get closer somehow. Yeah, def- hey, you never know. I think that Philly, you know, is they're my number threes, and they're your number two. So we both are on the same page with that. Boston as well. <laughs> you know, I I think that they they're going to continue to Boston. They're going to continue to do great. I love Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Kimball Walker. I know you love Kimball Walker. Um, and I just feel that Boston is, I think that they're going to make a move. I think that one of those two are going to be gone in the next midseason, end of the season. And I think it's going to be Jalen. I, I think so, too. Yeah. Uh, for a position standpoint, for the fact that Jalen Brown's contract is a little juicier. Yep. I'm, I, I haven't been shy about how disappointed I was in Danny Ainge this offseason, but at the end of the day, he's still bringing back all the most important pieces for what's been a Eastern Conference Finals team the last 30 years, and that's that's not going to change. It really isn't. And like you said, if Danny Ainge eventually, finally, Lord willing, decides to make a big, big move, he's got the pieces to do it and not suffer for it, really. You know, for that team has a lot of depth. For, for him to decline the the trade of of Miles Turner and Doug McDermott for Gordon Hayward. I think that that would have took Boston over the top having the necessary big that they really need. You know, they have a nice young team, but getting Peyton Pritchard, I love Peyton Pritchard. But I I hope that I mean, it's going to take Kemba getting old or being out for Peyton Pritchard to really play. You know, same thing with Romeo Langford. Same thing with Aaron Neesmith. He's drafting the same guys of guys he already has. Grant Williams, I love him because he plays bigger than he's supposed to. Robert Williams, I love him. Ojale, all those guys, you know. But getting Peyton Pritchard, Aaron Neesmith, Romeo Langford in back-to-back drafts, it's you're reproducing the same issue, and they're not really even playing. So that's the only thing with Danny Ainge that I have an issue with, that he could have got his big that he needed to be effective to play to get to the finals by getting Miles Turner, but he did not do that. And I'm just wondering when he's going to make that move. I just don't get it. Like, does the league see something in Miles Turner that, that we don't right. like <laughs> on, on paper? The only thing really holding him back is that he's not a great fit with Sabonis. Right. That's the only thing. And, and like, he's, 
he's a stretch five who blocks shots. Like that counts. You they don't make those in the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. And the fact that you'd rather uh, play games and try to get more pieces out of the Pacers than just just accepting that maybe you shouldn't be trying to win an NBA championship with Daniel Fias playing thirty minutes a night. Right. I, I I just I don't get it. I, I I don't think it's a fatal maneuver, but. I, I just want Danny Ainge to be a little more to just put his chips in the middle uh, in the middle, you know. And uh, until then, that's still a good team. But is it a great team? We'll see. The next team we both agreed on was the Miami Heat. You brought up uh, Precious Achua. Um, I think that he may be in the running for a Rookie of the Year. Um, surprise! There are some others. I think Lamelo or Wiseman are going to win the Rookie of the Year. But and your guy in Chicago. But. Um, Precious playing with Bam, he's going to take over for Crowder in the year or two to be that four next to Bam out of bio. You know, you still got Duncan Robinson, whom I love, and I, I have a man crush on Tyler Hero. Um, Same here. So, so I think Miami is doing exactly what they're supposed to do. They, they locked up Bam, who shares the same agent with Giannis, and you and I have had some backdoor talk on this. Did... Bam get notified that Giannis wasn't coming to Miami, so that's why he told Pat Riley, hey, you might as well sign me now because Giannis isn't coming. Because that pretty much took them out of the Giannis running, right? That's what I was leaning towards. I think at the end of the day, if they need to find a way to trade for Giannis, they will. But I think the chances are so much smaller. And Pat Riley, you know, he doesn't necessarily take gambles like that. I mean, look at what the offseason looked like. I think clearly the team did improve, mm-hmm. which was impressive. Yes. But they did so without locking themselves into any long-term deals. They improved, like we say, so much along the margins. They brought Gorin back for a pretty decent contract. They got Avery Bradley, who I think is going to be pretty good in that system. Yep. More Harkless, I think, is a fine player. They had no choice but to bring Kelly Olenek back because of that player option back, mm-hmm. uh, player option, but... They locked in Myers Leonard, who uh, gave them some pretty good minutes in the playoffs. And then they got Precious, who uh, we both love, who we both think is going to be an immediate contributor. So on the surface, them committing to BAM the way they did after structuring their offseason around limited deals was was very interesting to me. Because otherwise, I really see that that as a team that could have aggressively pursued guys like, say, Miles Turner and getting a Victor Oladipo for a year or or some of the free agent guys, but the timing of the BAM thing was suspicious enough that I wouldn't be surprised if they got wind of Giannis before, say, Toronto did or Dallas did and just locked in BAM instead of limiting themselves. You know, and the other teams have. And they're going to have to pay a little bit for Duncan Robinson, who will be coming off. That $1.6 million will be coming off the books, and I'm sure oh, he's going to get a nice raise. So much for him. I actually wouldn't be surprised if they end up trading him right just because the way that the the offseason went with davis bertrands and a couple of those other contracts being gone robinson is going to be making so much money oh yeah he's gonna he's in for a huge raise (laughs) he's definitely in for the next team we had so at six who did you say you had again you had uh indy no, uh, at six I had Toronto. Gotcha. So you don't. So you don't think the Tampa connection is going to affect them much? I, I mean, I, I didn't put that much thought into it. Now that you mentioned, I do think it will be a factor. That being said, I do think they will have some fans there. I really do. Mm. 
I think uh, we kind of panicked about Florida and the COVID numbers. And not to get political about it, I think if you actually look at the mortality rates and infection rates the last two months, they've been doing as good a job as any. Right. And I think they're going to be trying to get some people into that state just for the sake of the economy. So I almost wonder if uh, Tampa doesn't become like the Oklahoma City Hornets were, yep. where people just start rallying around that team and it almost becomes like a college atmosphere. And in that case, I actually wonder whether that, that could be a benefit to Toronto more than anything. Yeah, you know, you, you take a team to a different city like New Orleans did for o- Oklahoma City. And it's, the only thing is, if there were fans there, I'd be all on board. Until I see fans there, I can't see it, you know. Um, I think, I mean, I think Toronto really, really got hurt by this Giannis thing more than anything. You're right. I think they sacrificed so much the last two years, and it's going to be a real bad situation the minute they get word that it's not happening. Right. Definitely. Uh, Because as it stands right now, they've got a really good group of role players without a 1A option. Right. And we saw in the playoffs that kicking Eastern Conference butt and looking like a great team doesn't get you much once Jalen Brown and Kemba Walker and and guys like that can start putting moves on you. Definitely. So unless Pascal Siakam has a jumper or... Norman Powell and OJ uh, and OG really step their games up. I'm not convinced that this isn't anything more than a you know a 40 to 45 win team in this limited season, which is great. Like absolutely, right? They got a heck of a coach. They got a wonderful front office. But I think they are in a situation similar to what Dallas Mavericks found themselves in uh, immediately after winning the title, where if they don't pick a direction and they wait on the big star. They might just find themselves with a treadmill team, and mm-hmm. I think that's that's a little scary. So I have them as the sixth seed because that team is too good to really fail. But I don't love their championship aspirations as they stand. Gotcha. I totally, I totally uh, agree with you there. And 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 you said you had Washington next or Atlanta next. Uh, I have Atlanta at seven. Okay. So I, uh, with Atlanta, yeah, with Atlanta. I'm 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 with you. Go you you tell me. And the team the team's loaded. Loaded. Absolutely loaded. Um, I don't love them defensively, obviously, but I'm not convinced that this isn't a team that can just bury you in the first quarter and then just coast off the bench for for the rest of the game, right? Definitely. I and mean, who's to say that Gallinari, Trey Young, and and Bogdan can't put you ahead by 15 in the first half, and then you legitimately can just spend the second half. Just having Rajon Rondo and Chris Dunn and guys like uh, Capella just just raising hell. You know, uh, so they've they've got so many options. Don't forget about a Kongu. Don't, I, I mean, I won't. I actually <laughs> think um, he's going to end up probably starting sooner rather than later. I think he's going to make Capella expendable in the next year. You know, and, and this season he he may he's going to need a little time to develop, but they can't get they Capella is going to be a great. Um, mentor aspiration for a Kongu, but a Kongu is that's that job's eventually going to be his. Oh, w- without a doubt. I mean, I really need to see Lloyd Lloyd Pierce's rotations, mm-hmm. frankly, mm-hmm. or at least a depth chart because he he has you know so many options as to what kind of attack he can make, and if he plays this well, I see um I see him able to. Uh, to A, either compensate for a lot of this team's defensive weaknesses, or B, 
his GM isn't afraid to consolidate the depth they have and just make a move for a guy like, I don't know, a Marcus Samara off the top of my head who can, who can just come in and lock people down. Uh, so I, I think there's a huge upside option for, for Atlanta, and that's why the, I have them at seven. But I wouldn't be surprised if they're one of those teams that, that oscillates around the five, six, seven range for the entire year. I think Atlanta should make should call Washington. I think Travis Schlink should call Tommy Shepard and say, hey, what do you want for Bill? And I think... Well, we're, I mean, yeah, we're both in agreement there. I mean, we, we both think they're, they're an option for Harden, assuming that Harden can be barred from going out at night. Like, this is a team that has those <laughs> options of, of going in for a Beal or a Harden and, frankly, not destroying their team, which is right. all you want. Right. You can you have a lot of young players. You got DeAndre Hunter. Uh, you got Cam Reddish. You got a Kongwu. You know, you can throw those guys in, in, in a mixture, and, and, and you can get a Brad Bill for that. I mean, can you imagine a Trey Young, Brad Bill, Bogey, Gallinari, and John Collins five going – no one's they are going to put up 130 points a game yeah you know i mean no one's going to stop them offensively definitely definitely and then who did you have who did you have at seven eight nine and ten so after atlanta at seven i had uh pretty much like a three three-way tie mm-hmm. but i did have atlanta as eight. i love the i love their offseason we talked about the Westbrook uh, move on the on the other pod. Yeah, but I think that's going to be great for them. Yeah, I really look forward to seeing internal improvements from Thomas Bryan, uh, Rui Hachimura, Cassius uh, Winston. Love the rookie, and I wouldn't be surprised if guys like Garrison Matthews and Denny are just ready to step up and and be a little further uh, in their progressions. And I think anybody thinks they will. I think as constructed, this team makes a lot of sense on paper. And and I quite like it. I don't love how much money Tommy gave uh, Davis Bertans, but mm-hmm. I get it. Like I'm not going to yell at him. I understand it completely. And uh, uh, the team makes sense for the first time in a while. This team makes a heck of a lot of sense. So good for them. You you know the thing about it is for for, for Washington, um, like you said, the Bertans deal. I mean, what is he getting? The average about sixteen million a year. And I guess that that I get it. I guess you had to do it, you know. I mean, he wasn't going to get thirteen million a year. You know, he wasn't going to accept. It's it's a Sacramento situation where you just don't want the guy to leave for nothing. Exactly, that's exactly what it is. You know, I love the Robin Lopez pickup. You know, he and Thomas Bryant are going to be you know pretty good together, manning that that five position. I love Rui. I really love Denny, and I think that the G League has to come back this year because of guys like like Denny. You know, um, guys who who need. They're going to be required to come in and play, but it's going to be kind of hard to play this year with all of the COVID and restrictions and all that other type of stuff for all of the rookies, you know. But so there may be a little bit less playing time. Um, but Washington, they don't look. They're finally looking like the old Gilbert Arenas days and the Antoine Jameson days. I mean, they really are. In the last couple of years, they were a team where you looked at the roster and said, like. What is this? What is he driving towards? Right. And finally, I think we know Tommy Tommy Shepard built a team that yep. has logical fits at every position, a pretty good depth at every position, and enough young upside that if he relies on internal improvements alone, then then he's fine. And if not, if it doesn't work, then he's got Bradley Beal in a great contract. Great. That that's more than movable. Definitely. So it's 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 I would love to be a wizard fan right now 
and just knowing that I really think my front office kind of kind of has my best interest in heart, but mm-hmm. not just that, has a very clear plan. Because in the past, it didn't seem like it. Moves like getting Paul Pierce to supplement a young court. Right. They're really good to sell jerseys. They're not good to win championships. Definitely. This team right now has a window that's growing ever so slightly. And anytime you can you can expand your window, I, uh, I, I can't complain. I mean, you got two nice young four threes. I still put numbers on, on positions. I know it's positionless basketball, but that Rui-Denny combination is going to be, I think, awesome for years to come. And I love the international flair that, that Tommy and those guys are doing in Washington. You know, I love Mo Wagner. I think that, you know, he and when he was in L.A., I, I liked him. When he was at Michigan, I liked him. But I, I want to see him get more playing time. You know, I know he's going to be playing behind uh, Thomas Bryant. Uh, but at the same time, he's got a nice jump shot, and they have some nice young talent to go with the two vets. I love Ish Smith. I love the Robin Lopez pickup just for even just locker room. Um, but like you said, Bradley Bill's contract is definitely movable. There are 29 other teams in the NBA that would love Brad Bill. You know, and and I think Russell Westbrook, like I said, I think he's going for an MVP run this year. Oh, yeah. And uh, I mean, that dude is just going to be doggedly determined to prove people wrong. Definitely. And and when you are the Wizards and you were a team that was 10 spot and you basically add 27 points, eight rebounds and seven assists to your team without losing anything, to be honest, you lost nothing. you lost nothing. Yes. Um, it's, it's incredibly impressive because Ish Smith had to play a little too much last year. My guy, Shabazz Napier, I wish you resigned him, Tommy, but <laughs> I understand. I understand why he did it. Uh, I love Troy I, Brown, I, too. I, 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 Troy Brown, I, I liked him coming out of school. I mm-hmm. hope he's something. I like Jerome Robinson coming out of school. Yes. And I hope uh, he finds something, too. And if not, what, you got two lottery tickets that are making uh, – Two years, $3 million a piece, it's just fine. There's enough flexibility here to improve even further. So good for the Wizards. That's why I have them in the eighth seed right now. Yeah, because they don't have a lot. Besides Russ and Bill, the rest, I mean, when you look at Berton's contract as opposed to Russ and Bill, it's totally A, B, it's it's apples and oranges. But underneath those guys, there aren't a ton of guys making a lot of money. You know, so so that's the great thing. And I know they're all on their rookie contracts, which is awesome, you know, um, but it gives you some time to develop. And it also kind of saves you some money in pocketbooks. You know, I was reading that the Warriors were like 50 million dollars over the cap and Brooklyn's like 30 million. So it's 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 putting you in a great position that if things don't work out, you can move, Bill. You're probably stuck with Westbrook now for the life of his contract because he's definitely opting in on that. 20 that 47 million in year three um but besides that washington has put themselves in a position that they can be competitive with their quote-unquote big three that they have coming with those young guys right behind them exactly if and if bertans can make some strides defensively because he was just an absolute save defensively um but now that now that he's going to be in a position where he has a point guard who's going to make sure the ball is yes. getting him to him in the right place, yes, I think that'll do wonders because that dude was just an absolute catapult, yes, uh, which worked out in his favor. I mean, of course, five years, fifteen million got got you know 
Lord bless him and his agent, but <laughs> once the ball is getting to him in the right spots, I see him improving as a player. Uh, same with Beal, who the onus will no longer be allowed on him just to play make. Uh, and he can start getting the ball in more catch-and-shoot situations. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Definitely. Def- you mentioned Chicago. My guys. Yeah, I think that Chicago's going to be they're, – they're going to – they're going to be all right. They're going to shock a few people. I look for Zach Levine to have a big year. I look for Markinen and Wendell Carter. Um, you said to me earlier in the text that Wendell Carter is going to have a, a breakout season, and I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, I think this is such a good situation for Wendell Carter. Mm-hmm. I think um, he is not the player we thought he was coming out of school, and that, and some of that's his fault uh, in terms of uh, just not being able to stay on the court. But he was misused uh, by the old uh, coaching staff. And having a guy who uh, coached Al Horford, who coached Steven Adams, and uh, is willing to run the offense pretty much through the five position is going to just get all those pieces around him working. And I said he's a most improved player of the year candidate, and I, I stand by that because I think he's going to improve uh, wonderfully. Definitely. Uh, I think uh, Markinen is uh, once again a guy that the Bulls need to see what they have in him because right now he's going to head into restricted free agency. And as it stands, players of his type are getting paid a lot of money, see Davis Bertans, but he hasn't produced like those guys. So either a team offers him a lot of money and just tries to poison pill you out of him or with him, or you see what you got in him and trade him. So I will be very interested in seeing what happens with Markkinen. I think he still is more of the player we saw his rookie year than the player he's been the last couple. But once he finally gets the ball in the right place, we'll see what happens. Their three right now is Otto Porter. Yep. I think Otto Porter isn't the long-term solution. I think they love uh, Pat Williams there. I do too. Yep. And I think if Otto Porter proves that he can stay healthy, he will move and help a team. Uh, that's going for a championship and help the Bulls clear some cap and maybe get some young assets. Uh, Zach Levine's going to surprise a lot of people. Uh, Zach Levine, I believe, is a star right now. And nobody realizes it because he's the best player on a bad team. Uh, Zach Levine has improved every single year. He's got almost a Jimmy Butler-esque work ethic. And the minute that team stops forcing him to bail them out, taking bad shots with 10 seconds left, he's going to start averaging... 25 points, five rebounds, four assists on tremendous efficiency. And we're all going to say, oh, this this is a guy. They're either going to trade him for a heck of a lot or, or who knows, commit to him because Zach Levine can play. And you talk about... And you talk about a contract, a friendly contract. Zach Levine has a very friendly contract. Especially this offseason, those contracts that will be giving out. Two years, $20 million to a guy who looks like he can at least be a 2A option. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, you put Zach Levine on the Bucks instead of Chris Middleton. I'm sorry, but I feel a lot better about that team. I, I agree uh, with you on that. So, and Kobe White. What I love the most about what the Bulls have done is as much as I would have loved them to get, say, a Derrick Rose, say, a Mike Conley, and allow Kobe White to learn, they have decided that they're going to tell Kobe White that he is a point guard and ask him to play like it. Right. Which is great. I, I don't want him playing behind Thomas Sadoransky again. Mm-hmm. And I want him forced to try to lead an offense because I'm not convinced he can. And the fact that the Bulls have enough confidence in him makes me feel great about him because he um he was really good to end the season last year, particularly the last week. 
he's got a lot of holes in his game, but he's got a work ethic. He's a really good kid, and I'm looking forward to what he can do as the engine of a team. Because if it doesn't work, it's better that we learn now than than in two years. Definitely, definitely. As for their bench, um, their bench is a work in progress. Chandler Hutchinson, I don't know, man. The dude can't stay healthy. If he stays healthy, I think he can still be something, but I'm not going to call call on it. I love the Devin Dotson sign as a UFDA. Do not be surprised if he ends the year as their backup point guard. Uh, Pat Williams, I think, is going to be real, real good sooner rather than later. And uh, Daniel Gafford's going to be just fine as their backup five. Yes, he they're is. Gonna have, they're going to have flexibility with Fad Young, uh, uh, Tomas Sadoransky, and even uh, Ryan Archie Diacono in terms of trading those guys for uh, supplemental pieces. You're not getting stars, but you're getting picks. And I think right now it's gravy for the Bulls. Either this team is bad and you're not locked into anything, or they're kind of good. And uh, you start locking yourselves into a couple of your guys. You got some lotto picks, hopefully. Maybe you can start making noise in the draft. Uh, It's gravy. I understand that the direction was not to pick a direction, really, and that was frustrating. But at the same time, I'd sooner you see what you have in these guys with Billy Donovan than make a risky move. You know, I think Billy Donovan is going to coach this team very well. I think that they have a nice collection of young talent. I think um, they can move, like you said, they can move Otto Porter um, to a contender, maybe during the, the trade deadline. And I think that Chicago, they're, they're a step or two away from really being back competitive. Not in the MJ Scottie Pippen days, but, you know, they can get to the Derrick Rose Chicago Bull days, hopefully. And I know that's your team. I know that's the you got a, a them in Milwaukee. You have a a you know a, a soft space for them. So I'm looking forward to them. You mentioned one other team and the Charlotte Hornets. I I think oh, yeah. I I think you're going to get the best Gordon Hayward of 2020 2021 season. I think Gordon Hayward this year is going to be he's he's got a lot to prove. First of all. You know the, the the all the marks on his back, and I think Charlotte Hornets are gonna shock a lot of people. I think your Rookie of the Year is gonna come down to Lamelo Ball is gonna definitely be in that conversation, and I, I'm loving Lamelo Ball. I love PJ Washington, Miles Bridges. I love those guys, and Charlotte might sneak up on someone in that seven to ten play-in game and knock someone out. And I completely agree. Like, I think there's gonna be just so much action. Uh, depending on what the, how the Hawks look between 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, and even 12. Uh, right now, I have Charlotte very loosely at 11, but I think what they've done um, makes sense. I want to see Devontae Graham have a jump shot and allow LaMelo Ball to kind of progress on, on his own terms, because if not, you're just going to have Brick City, and it will be a little troubling. But we both like P.J. Washington and Miles Bridges. Yep. Uh, Vernon Carey Jr. as well. Oh, yes. I think I think this team's got a lot of flexibility. Um, obviously, they locked Gordon Hayward into a lot of money, but Gordon Hayward's good. Yes. That um, Gordon Hayward's good for the next two and a half years, I think. And I think eventually they might find a way to trade uh, Terry Rogier for something. Ooh, that's um, a lot. That's a lot of money to someone to, I mean, like I said, is, the, the, the Clippers could use them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you, can, you can't tell me a team that needs a secondary ball handler won't give you a little something maybe maybe nothing game-changing but something definitely uh so uh as constructed like we said about washington 
this Charlotte thing is finally starting to make sense. Right. Um, they are counting on Gordon Hayward and PJ Washington to knock down shots and uh, pretty much run the game from the out from the uh, the outside in, which is cool. Because uh, LaMelo Ball and Devontae Graham can break down defenses and uh, hopefully open things up and uh, allow the Martin Twins and Grant Riller to uh, to progress at their own terms and uh, compete towards the margins of that tournament. And, I, and Vernon Carey, you know who he reminds me of? Who? Boogie. Ooh, I can see that a little bit. He reminds me of Boogie. He reminds me of the young Sacramento Kings Boogie. And, and if you get any of that out of Vernon Carey, then Charlotte's going to be just fine. Also, shout, I don't care what anyone says. Shout out to LeVar Ball. Right? Shout out yes. to LeVar Ball. Anybody who needs a, a marketing exec, you better go hire LeVar Ball. You got and, and the holiday dad. I don't know his first name. But um, Aaron, Drew, and... and why can't I remember? Justin, Justin Holiday. Yes. <laughs> Those two fathers have three sons in the NBA and that's all you can ask for. And LeVar Ball, we thought he was a fool. And and look at him now. He's laughing all the way to the bank. He talked a big game and he backed it up, right? He definitely it's, backed it's it up. It's incredibly impressive. I, I will say I'm not convinced Leangelo Ball knows how to play basketball. Uh, but the fact that he ended on a, on a team is impressive. And uh, I would like him to surprise me. You know, and, and I, I think he ended up on a team that he's going to get some playing time. That's the key. Oh, yeah. You know, if he was going to, right, if he was going to the Clippers or or Phoenix or the Lakers, I don't think he'll be playing. But if you're going to Detroit, you might just do okay. You'll get a chance. I think if he's going to succeed, I see him more as a three than a two. Mm -hmm. I don't know why they've they've slotted him right now in as a two. I don't don't see it. Uh, Leandro Ball has plus athleticism. That's not in question. He's got very good size. Uh, but his his jumper is just as problematic as his brother's, and he doesn't necessarily have uh, really the feel for the game that his brothers do. But I think being in a situation where maybe he will get get those minutes that he needs uh, is better than nothing. So, yeah, Lavar Ball, he made us a promise. He said he's going to get his three boys in the NBA at the same time, and yep. he did. Yep, and it's truly impressive. You know, and and I think Leangelo has had his share of, of humble pie. You know, from the China incident to UCLA to all that other type of stuff. So I think that he knows what he's um, um, up against. I think Detroit, they can trade. They need to trade Derrick Rose for a pick or two um, because they can definitely send him to someone and someone will definitely take a Derrick Rose. But with the Isaiah Stewart pickup, the Sadiq Bay pickup. You know, um, they signed Jeremy Grant. I don't know what the heck they're going to do with Blake Griffin. But I think Detroit, they're starting to turn that corner. Uh, I might argue with uh, with you on that. But they've got got some pieces uh, to be at least entertaining. But uh, committing to a whole bunch of threes, fours, and fives in the modern NBA is a it's not the direction I choose, but good for Troy Weaver picking one at least. Definitely. So for my Eastern Conference, I have Brooklyn and and Philly in the Eastern Conference Finals. And and Brooklyn I think and I, yeah, and I think Brooklyn's gonna take care of business. I, I think KD and Kyrie. Um, well, if they get the Harden um, trade, then it's over. But if they don't, I still see them getting to the finals because I like Dinwiddie, Lavert. Jared Allen, those guys. If you don't make the trade, you don't need to make the trade. If you do, so be it. 
either way, it's not going to affect you too much. It'll only elevate you just a little bit more. And I, I'm looking forward to the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference Finals. Um, one other thing we talked about. So the G League, maybe yes. creating a bubble in the Atlanta area, um, what the College Park Skyhawks play, the Atlanta Hawks G League team. I think that that's fascinating. I hope it goes through. I think three or four teams, five teams have already backed out. But I hope that teams take it serious and say, hey, let's go ahead and get these guys in a bubble for a month and just get them some playing time. Because that Walnut Creek team where all of the high schoolers who could have went to college, I don't want them to get wasted, you know, and because they could have been playing college ball right now. Um, but they decided to to go to the G League and make some money. And, and for them to just sit down and not be able to play. Is, is a travesty to those young kids, I think. So they have to bring that bubble into fruition. I, I'm in complete agreement. I think it would be an utter betrayal for the NBA to allow, well, not allow. I mean, allow is a big word, right? Right. But let guys like Cade Cunningham shine, uh, Jalen Suggs shine, Evan Mobley, Zaire Williams, uh, Brandon Boston, all those kids and then make a guarantee to a group of guys that forget your education. This is a business. Let's go for it. Uh, to do, uh, to shut it down and not let guys like Kai Soto, Isaiah Todd, Dyshawn Nix, Jalen Green get, get their play would be an absolute utter betrayal that I believe would set back this league project, uh, almost catastrophically. So I think it's a shame I understand why they did it, that people are backing out already. Yes. But the fact of the matter is, and once again, we're getting a little political. Yep. We are getting this vaccine in at, in two weeks. The notion that we are going to compromise some of these young men's futures uh, because we're concerned when really the age demographic that gets and spreads COVID is not the one that we're worrying about here. Mm-hmm. If you put these guys in a bubble right now, you're not asking guys like Jonathan Kuminga to be incredibly careful. You're basically asking them to make mature decisions and not go into nursing homes and see their grandparents for right. six months, right. which is very difficult, right? Yep. I'm, not, I'm not trying to be a monster here, but it's not an insane proposition if you're running a business to just ask these guys to make these sacrifices for six months when they would have been asked to make the same sacrifices in the college dorm room if they so choose. Yep. And I don't even so think it, that bubble in Atlanta is even going to be for six months. I think it might be for a month or no, two. It's it's a month, maybe. I, I Maybe I'm a blue sky guy, but things are looking up. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're a blue sky guy. I think they're looking up as well. I think this, this I mean, I don't, we're getting in health and all that. I think this flu season, once it passes, I think we're going to be... I'm putting up air quotes back to normal, you know, but I think at the same time, you cannot uh, ask these five young men to not go to college. Well, you didn't ask them, first of all, but you you can't just have them sitting, getting rusty. These are lottery picks that are going to be coming out. So the NBA has invested time and energy into Walnut Creek, which is only 15 minutes away from my home, by the way, Sean. I don't know if you knew that. I did not. Yes. Walnut Creek is literally I could walk to Walnut Creek if I wanted to. Um, um, and it'd take me about an hour to walk to Walnut Creek. <laughs> so, so I think that the NBA has to kind of make that decision and say, I don't know why they picked Atlanta, but 
you know, that in itself could be a little bit of a challenge, a la James Harden and Lou Will. But, you know, I think when you're one of the, when you're these guys that are trying to get on, you got to, I mean, not Daniel House Jr., but if you're trying to get on, you should probably take advantage of this. And, and a lot of these guys will treat it as a business and will sit down and not go and, and get some hot wings from Magic City, you know? Yes. I, I mean, that's, that's the hope, right? That's the hope. If you were guys like Brandon Ashley who got picked a co- only a couple of years ago right. and you're relying on this tape to get out there and just prove to somebody that you still got ball. I think it's it's really self-defeating what, what has happened so far. Right. The fact of the matter that we know that they have ran scrimmages and we have, uh, you know, 20 second YouTube clips that leaked out is awful. Right. Right. They need to get their own YouTube channel or find out a way to make NBTV get their cameras in their in their gyms in a safe way and get these kids to have as much tape as possible. Right. Because I just watched Cade Cunningham dismantle Marquette. Yes. I just watched Jalen Suggs get injured in a game, and Gonzaga, the number one team of the nation, struggle for five minutes to get that offense going. Right. I'm watching Kentucky and Duke show guys like Jalen Johnson and Brandon Boston play. And at the end of the day, what these NBA draft scouts are going to see is tape. Right. And if you don't get these kids or even these young veterans on tape, it is an absolute travesty. Definitely. And it is going to cause these guys to fall. It is going to cost them millions of dollars. I'm just going to say it. Maybe they'll they'll end up on synergy at least, and that's great for scouting. But so much of this stuff happens in the court of public opinion. And if you draft a guy like Joseph Kuminga with the third pick of the draft, when I've watched Keon Johnson at Tennessee or James Booknight for for entire season of March Madness, mm-hmm. it is very bad from a public relations perspective. Definitely, so these kids have got to play games. They just got to. They have to, and they have to. And Brian Shaw, it's like if you're not playing, we just wasted your year too, Brian. Yeah, what what am I doing? I'm I'm an NBA coaching. I'm an NBA coaching prospect. Exactly. Right now. You you just cost me a year of my of my life, so that I'll never get back. So I I, I totally get that. We're, we're gonna see what happens with that, yeah. um, and hopefully everything works itself out. Hope so too. Hey, Sean. Thanks, man, for for doing this long part two part symposium on the Eastern and Western Conference um, um, predictions. We're gonna talk right after preseason. Once the season starts and just kind of just maybe after the first game, maybe after Christmas game, who knows? We'll figure it out. But, Sean, I want to thank you for coming in and hanging with me as you always do, man. You, you, you always help me out and you're always on, on time. And you're always on point. I appreciate you. No, like I said, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure. I love talking ball with you. I hope uh, everybody loves talking ball with us as well. Uh, if you love if you love the podcast, share it. Let, yep. I'm, I'm promoting this thing. Do it. Let's let's promote this thing. Maybe don't. I mean, you can follow me on Twitter at Sean Gantworker, but I don't have much to say. Yeah, I left Twitter a while back because <laughs> it was driving me crazy. But <laughs> I'm always happy to talk to a fan. Spread the bird. We love doing this. We're so excited about this season. Yeah. And uh, we'll we'll talk to all of you guys soon. And Derek, I'll talk to you soon as well. Sean, I appreciate you, brother. Be safe out there. No, you as well. All right. <clears throat> Thanks again, Sean, for coming in and hanging with me today. We are both so excited about the season that's coming up. We hope you guys enjoy the Front Office Podcast. Follow us at Front Office 
GM on Instagram. Send us your comments. Send us your questions. We'll read them on air and we'll get back to you on the with the answers. Until then, everybody be safe. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit